come back thank you if you're listening to this odds are that you listened last week and uh we thank you for that the numbers are looking real great on the midweek episodes i'm very thankful for jay and daddy to be here and they're live in studio again the boys are all in we're giving you the breakdowns we told you we'd do it daddy how you feel tonight oh i'm loving it baby big rivalry game tonight lsu florida we got our analyst the man with the stats. I've had several people text me and say, "Golly, Jay, he knows a lot about. You remember all those numbers?" <laughs> I said, "Yes, he does." Jay Bird, how you doing? Great, man. Great. Always great talking LSU football, especially against Florida, right? Especially against Florida. Jay, you have. I mean, I know it's a, a standard thing. LSU fans hate Florida, but Jay, I know you've always had a special oh, burn in your heart man, for Florida. I, I, you know, we said last week that our three schools that we hate the most in SEC is Alabama, Florida, and A&M. And A&M just got there. Florida's always So if, if Alabama plays Florida, okay, I'm rooting for two things. Either Florida to beat them barely or Alabama to just steamroll them. Hey, hey you, know, you know what I'm rooting for, Daddy, when they play? I'm ready. A fucking meteor to hit the stadium and kill everyone. <laughs> well, I, mean, uh, I don't know about that. Uh, they're fans, all of them. Kill all of them. That's yeah, pretty extreme, Rob. Yeah, I don't know about that. You, you'll have that. Anyways. But if you want, if you want the, uh, we're going to try to give you the best inside knowledge that you uh, we can give you. But if you want the real inside knowledge, you have to go to guys that live in Louisiana their whole life and Florida fans. you got people like Chad Cornahan. CC, shout, shout out Psycho C. Mylon Richard. I don't know him. Shout out Milan. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do know Milan. I met him at Marshland. Chance Curley from Iowa. Oh, he is a Florida fan, huh? And then the biggest Florida fan that we know because his great, great, great grandfather came over on the Mayflower and lived in Florida for five years, Ryan Burns. They're Florida fans, man. <laughs> Shout out Ryan. They've always been Florida fans, but that doesn't mean we've never not fucked with them about it. Oh, yeah. And that's part of the deal because they go hard at us, too. All right. Week seven, LSU plays Florida at Florida. Um, this will be Brian Kelly's second big away game. I know we go to Auburn before that. We already broke that one down for you. Big away game. Uh, last year, let's talk about 2021 Florida Gators. Their record was 6-7. and seven. They went 2-6 and six in the SEC. And, and – uh, I wasn't as locked in on Florida last year when I was doing the, the, the notes. I was like, golly, I know Mullen got fired, but I didn't know they only won two games in the SEC. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that either. Once I looked back at the schedule, I thought they did better than that. Yeah, you know some stuff sneaks by you. And, uh, two and six, like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost really bad a couple 
games let you because after the you know they won the first two games against Florida Atlantic and USF. I mean, wow, but they played Bama really close. Like they was in it at yeah. the end, lost by two. They was in the game like like that that particular reason right there I just talked about earlier. I was kind of rooting for Florida just so Alabama would lose. Okay, in that game, but then they 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 choked at the end. And then they they beat Tennessee, and I said, okay, well they you know they three and one, okay. Then they lost to Kentucky, but Kentucky was pretty good. They smoked Vanderbilt down, and LSU beat them. They they were still ranked when LSU played. Them. They were ranked twentieth, and make yeah. no mistake about it, LSU was getting mocked on College Game Day. Yeah. about this game. Oh yeah, they were. It was going to be uh, the fans were going to leave. Kirk Herb Street said, uh, Joey Galloway was making big fun of them. That was the shoe game the year before. He was really going yeah. hard on that. Yeah. It was LSU was not. It was going to be a. It, he said fans would be laughing because they were crying. Kirk Herbstreit said, uh, "You can quote me on that one." So yeah. So they LSU beat them. Georgia smoked them, thirty-four to seven. Then South Carolina. This is when it gets hairy for the coach. South Carolina busted. You lost to a good Alabama team. You lost to a good Kentucky team. You should not have lost to LSU. No. Two years in a row, by the way. Yeah. Because the shoe game the year before. We'll get to that later. Then, Jay, they lost to the the national championship, Georgia, which everyone knew was a wagon at the time. Yeah, yeah. But here's when it got hairy. They lost to? South Carolina, man. 40-17. to 40-17. You're Dan Mullen. You've been there since what, – what year What year did he get there, Jay? Dan Mullen was there. Yeah, from, he, yeah, he, we got that. We got that wow, set. Man. He was there. He had. I mean, this was his team. All you ever heard about. Got there in 2018. Yeah, it's 2021. You've got your recruits in. You're this offensive guru. You can't score 17 points against South Carolina. No. Or the next game, Sanford Bulldogs, which, okay, where, where's that at? No idea. Yeah. They hung 52 on them. It was 70 to 52. looked like a basketball score. 70 to 52. I did not know that happened. <laughs> um, the, the defensive coordinator for Florida, he's uh, he was at Mississippi State with him. His, his last name's Graves, I think, was his, his name. He He's known for being real aggressive, sending the blitz. Wasn't Todd Grantham? Todd Grantham. Yeah, I don't know. I was thinking Todd yeah, Graves because yeah. he's the owner of uh, – Todd Grantham, yeah. yeah. Todd Graves is the CEO of uh, Raising Canes. Todd Grantham, really known for – Yeah, sending the house. Sending the house. Aggressive style. Known as a good style. defensive coordinator. Yeah. You can't I – mean, <laughs> When you let Sanford hang 52 on you. Yikes. So, the, the cherry on the top for Coach Mullen was next week. Jay, what happened there? They lost a, a Mizzou team in overtime, uh, 24-23, man. And that's when they gave him the hatchet. Yeah, they, they let him go after that. So, Mullen's final stats at Florida was 34-15, and 15, which some schools would be happy with that, but not the Florida Gators, and we understand that. We, 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 some, we have high expectations, too. Daddy, give me your overall uh, – how do you think Dan Mullen done at Florida? I didn't think he did well. I thought he would do well coming from Mississippi State. He had some 10-win seasons at Florida, but it just kept going. It, it, you could see he started losing his team as the years went on. And I know the Florida, they didn't like all of the charades he did. Like, he was wearing Darth Vader helmets, yeah, and he was he, a goofy fucker. Coming out on the on the middle of the field, mopping his chest. And it, it, and he, it seemed he, like the more he got his recruits there, and by the way, he was known for not being a good recruiter. Well, what's crazy about Mullen is that when he was at Mississippi State, everybody liked him. He was a good guy. And as soon as he got to Florida, it's like he embraced the villain role, and he liked it. Batman quote, you 
you be the hero. You live to be the hero long enough. You end up becoming. The, how, how does it go? You you live you live long enough to see yourself become the enemy. Yeah. He embraced the enemy role at Florida. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of like that, but also yeah, it didn't work for him. Why did you like it? Did you like to hate him? No, I just like being hated. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, I, he he embraced it and I it like, did not work. Because I liked him at Mississippi State, except when he played LSU. But when he was at Florida, oh, I love to see him get beat down. He's kind of – my wife, who was just a, a, a just a standard LSU fan, she watched – don't get it twisted. She ain't missed a game. She wakes up early with me. She's tailgated. She set her ass in Tiger Stadium. She always – there's two people in her life she has said something about other than Nick Saban. She said, Gus Malzahn and Dan Mullen always rubbed her the wrong way. She was just like <laughs> watching SEC Network with me every day. Yeah. And she, she'd be like, he's, he's an asshole, ain't he? I don't know. He always, like I said, he was the good old boy. He overachieved at Mississippi State. He got here. It, it slowly went down for him. You must have lied to her when y'all was young. Why is that? To marry her. Well, I did. <laughs> I absolutely did. So, uh, it, oh, and what's crazy about Mullen is that, man, it seemed like he always had Dave Aranda's number. It just seemed like yep. And I hated that because Dave Aranda was such a good defensive coordinator for us. He just always had his number, and I couldn't stand that. That's one reason why I couldn't stand him. Yep, and a lot of people lost the chess game with Dave Aranda. It seemed like he always – Yeah, I know. And Mullen, like, always had his number. We'll, t- we'll talk about that. Yeah, but he, he, he couldn't uh, figure out a Missouri's number. What the – man, what the fuck? <laughs> no, he couldn't figure out Sanford's number. Yeah. Points. All right, so Mullen, he gets, uh, he gets fired. And uh, let's, let's talk about that LSU game. Uh, the Tigers won 49-42. to 42. I was at work. I was in the middle of turnaround, but we were all watching the game. We were fired up. I was shotgun and diet cokes every time we scored a touchdown. <laughs> uh, a couple big stats come out to me in that game. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over Florida, and uh, Jay's going to give us the big LSU stats. Uh, Daddy, what do, what do you remember about that game, Florida last year? I mean, it was just a sloppy game for Florida, to be honest. I mean, couldn't stop the counter. LSU's running the ball right down their damn throat every freaking play. LSU, Florida could not stop the counter trap. Daddy, for the casual uh, – I mean, you're a coach. For the casual football fan, explain counter trap. It was – I went and rewatched the highlights. The The commentators were openly mocking them for how can a Todd Grantham defense – not make adjustments, and stop the counter trap. Just break down very easy for the fans, counter trap. So whenever you whenever you run counter, you're pulling two offensive linemen, and they're going to – first man they see, they're going to block him. So if the backer crosses his face, he's going to get him. And they could not stop it. I don't know if LSU's ran it before. I don't know if they didn't game plan at Florida well, I don't for think that. They, I don't think they ran it all year. And I don't think Florida was ready, but it's like, but they still – you got to make halftime adjustments. What was her offensive yeah, coordinator's name? Pete. I can't think of his name. He, he was on. He was on staff with Carolina. Yeah. Anyways, our offensive coordinator last year. Yeah, and uh, counter trap worked. And and at that couldn't. time in the season, he was like, "Hey, if it's working, we're gonna keep doing it." They couldn't. They couldn't read it or something. You don't think? I, I don't know. I mean, we ran in the first half. You would think Todd Grantham, pretty good DC, that he would go in there and make adjustments, and they didn't. It seemed like that game. They they read that counter about as good as little P reads. P money. Uh, yeah, they read the counter about as good as P takes fucking directions. <laughs> Shout out Lil P. But no, but what's crazy is that LSU was, we said this last week, that they was, what, 114th in rushing? That's, and you couldn't stop that team? And LSU put up 320 yards of rushing? Yikes. I mean, that that's that's like a breakdown. 320. Man. So how what did TDP have? TDP, he had 287 LSU single game record. 
Who got? The, I think I know uh, Williams. He had a, he had like a big rush at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah twenty eight yards. I remember I remember that rush. Johnson had five carries for eight yards. God damn! I watched Johnson at the <laughs> Texas A and M spring game. He had like two hundred yards rushing. I'm not joking. He broke like two eighty yard runs. Yeah, they slow over there. They ain't got Ward. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So the stat that 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 I remember is they came back late in the game. And uh, they they uh, Florida scored twenty two points in the third quarter. We only scored fourteen. They were making a push at the end. LSU had the better fourth quarter. We scored fourteen points. They scored seven. But I'm going to refer to Mr. Anthony Richardson, uh, number fifteen. There, who who will be their starting quarterback this year. I'm going to refer to him throughout this episode as AR fifteen. AR fifteen had two picks. Emory Jones had two picks. Uh, Micah Baskerville, Jay Ward, Dwight McLaughlin. And uh, Damone Clark all had picks for us. McLaughlin's was a pick six. Damone Clark's was on the last drive to seal up the game. Like, Florida, that's another, that's two years in a row. Florida should have beat us. We'll go over that game the year before, but and then this 42, 42 to 49, you threw four picks. Yeah. You, but one little nugget about this game, I forgot about till I watched it again. Do you remember at halftime when they threw the Hail Mary and Jay Ward went to intercept it? At halftime, zero clock remaining, they threw a Hail Mary. Yeah, that, was, that was bad, man. That was really Dude, bad. Dwight McLaughlin looked up at it and said, oh, somebody else is going to go get the ball, uh, swat the ball yeah, down. That was, I was so mad. And then yeah. immediately in the third quarter, Dwight McLaughlin got a pick six. And I was like, okay, I'm not mad at him anymore. He made up for the play, but still, it was unbelievable. Yeah. You're, that's your problem now, Arkansas. Yeah. So that's that's what I remember of that game. Uh, I think we covered everything there. Jay, you're the recruiting guru. I don't know a lot about the Florida's recruiting stats while while uh, Mullen was there. We don't have to pull him up, but he never was a good recruit. Did he always underachieve recruiting at Florida? Yeah, I thought he. I thought he would thrive. Yeah, would be good at Florida. You know, seemed like he underachieved at Mississippi yeah, I, State. I just, yeah, no, he overachieved. Yeah, I just thought he did more with less at Mississippi State. And and if you would ask me in 2014, 2015, who is the one of the top five best coaches in America? I would have said Dan Mullen. Yep. And I also would have told you that if he ever gets a, a chance to go to a, a bigger premier school with better resources, better facilities, that look out. Like he's gonna be he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with, you know. But man, I mean I, I was definitely wrong. I totally agree with that. One more last nugget on uh Dan Mullen. Hey, Uncle Dan, what what Uncle Fester, whatever the fuck they call you, he is now coaching in Greensboro, Georgia, high school. He's coaching at Lake Oconee Academy. You got to think that he's going to lay off a year and then someone's going to give him a huge offensive coordinator position. That's how it goes. Coaching's a big cycle. It's a big circle. I, I guarantee you, mark it down right now, my take, he will be at a major college next year. He could even go through the Nick Saban recycle and wash. You uh, think he's recruiting good at the high school? Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, no, because he's not a good recruiter, but yeah, maybe in high school he's a good recruiter. Oh. All right, we're going to move right along to Billy Napier. If you're from the boot, you know who Billy Napier is. If you're a college football fan, you know who Billy Napier is. Jay, give us some stats on Billy Napier at UL. Billy Napier, he was UL's head coach from 18 to 21. He took over after uh, Mark Letspeth. He was a wide receivers coach at Alabama under Nick Saban tree from 13 to 16, and then he was uh, Arizona State uh, offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach in 17. That was Todd uh, Grantham's last year there. Okay. Um, 
So at ULL, for the last three years, 15, 16, and 17 before Napier got there, they was 15 and 22, 12 and 12 in conference. They went four and eight uh, one year. And uh, so Billy took over, and he went seven and seven his first year, 11 and three, 10 and one in the COVID year, and then 13 and one, 8 and 0 in conference, and 21, which is great. And what's crazy is they finished 2020 season as the number 15th ranked team in the country. And they finished the 2021 season number 16th ranked team in the country. While LSU in 2020, 5 and 5, and then 6 and 7 and 21. So you could pretty much say that ULL has been the best program in the state the last two years. And that's never been the case. That's never been the case, but it was the case. Now, if they played. I don't know how it would have turned out because you would think that ULL would have won, but Texas wasn't very good last year. They was five and seven, right? Okay. okay. They played first right out of the game, right out of the gates, and Texas beat them last year on their thirteen and one season. God, I bet that game. I bet the. I did too. I, I, bet, the, I bet the over on that game, and it, and it, it, I, I either have the under or the over. I had one of them. It didn't yeah. hit. Very I thought, frustrating. I thought ULL was gonna beat them. I, I thought he was gonna upset because they upset Iowa State the year before. Remember? The year before, I remember right watching that yeah, right out the gate. Beat them by like two touchdowns, I believe. Yep. So when I talk, when I think UL football, I got to give a shout out real quick to my dear friend Jake Gidry, aka Mister Do It Bigger. He listen. He's a he's a a friend of the podcast, friend of the program. Shout out Jake. He was a football player at UL on those great UL teams in the early 2010s. Whenever uh, Blaine Gochet was a quarterback, etc. Shout out uh, Mister Do It Bigger, Jake Gidry. Billy Napier comes from UL. Yeah, and four, one, 40 and 12. I forgot to say that. 40 and 12. And one right. nugget before that last year, he turned down two SEC jobs. This is yeah. known facts, proven facts. He turned down South Carolina and Mississippi State, which only probably smart. Was, what about Auburn? Did Auburn offer him two? Man, I can't. I know for a fact those two, he yeah. could definitely South, could have. South Carolina? And, and Mississippi State. Mississippi State. And at the end of the day, probably a better move because I, deep down in my bones, you can't tell me opposite. You will never win a national championship at South Carolina, and you will never win one at Mississippi State in football. You can win one at Florida. It's been a long time. I really like Billy Napier. He was never in the hunt for the LSU job. He that he was not the model that Woodward was going for, and that's fine. But at the end of the day, I really would have been – if he was the floor of who we were going to hire, I probably would have been okay with it. I'm yeah, a Napier fan. It wasn't a big splash of a sexy hire that everybody was – that everybody's wanting, but if they would have hired him, I wouldn't have been too disappointed, you know. I got a uh, I got a small Billy Napier story, and then Chaz, do you want to uh, touch base on maybe the style of defense he's going to run at Florida? Yes, that'll okay. work. So I have a, a small Napier story. I was listening to an LSU podcast, and a unnamed Alabama head coach, dear friends with the man who done the podcast, said, "You want to know how high level Nick Saban is." We're already – this was last season before the LSU hire. Uh, it was known that Ed Ogeron was out. We had no idea who was going to be our coach. He said, Nick Saban is holding 15- to 20-minute meetings already discussing about who will be the head coach at LSU. Is that because he's worried about him? Deep down, it's because he's worried about him. Sleeping giant, boy. I love that. He's already pre-planning. I mean, that's the, the, the highest level of coaching. It doesn't surprise me. But the one, the Billy, the, the little tidbit is that that coach said he was really only worried about one coach. 
I don't think anybody had an idea that Coach BK was coming to LSU. He said the one coach he would be worried about at uh, LSU is Napier. He said he is one of the hardest working guys that's ever been on the staff. He said he could have waked the sleeping giant. Like I said, love BK. No one knew he was coming, not even an option. But that I think that says a little bit about Napier. I am a Napier fan. Fuck Florida. But I, I like Napier. Daddy, you had to do a little research on uh, UL? Yeah, in 2020, I was at McNeese analyzing their uh, defense. We were supposed to play them out the gate. Okay. And uh, they're going to come out probably in a in a four two five defense. Okay. And uh, who's the defensive coordinator there? Has they're going co defensive coordinator? Do you have yeah, both? of Yeah, Sean uh, Sean Spencer, and then uh, Patrick Tony. Okay. I hope their co defensive coordinators work out as good as two thousand eight <laughs> LSU co defensive So I'm guessing coordinators. We've been through that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing Spencer's going to be the the run game coordinator, and Tony will be the uh, the pass game pass game. Coordinator. Yeah, he's coaching safeties. Uh, Tony's coaching safeties as well, and Spencer's coaching defensive line. I like it. Uh, going on to their staff real quick, Jay, scroll down for me. Uh, Rob Sell, by the way, Rob Sell was with uh, he was he was with that uh, he was with Napier at UL. He took the the Giants job last year. He was in the NFL for the New York Giants. He brought him back from the NFL. Uh, just a just a small tidbit. If you're an LSU fan, you remember 2016. Jabar Jaluk was our running back coach. He uh, he was a coach for. Uh, Darius Geis and Leonard Fournette. He was only there for a year. I just remember good things about him. He took a better – he took more money. I think maybe we, we wanted to bring in Tommy Robinson. I'm not quite sure the story, but Jabbar Jaluk is their running – their associate head coach and uh, the running backs coach. But the big one, Jay. Yeah, that one hurt. This one hurts if you're an LSU fan. It's yet to be seen how DBU will carry our legacy, and I'm calling LSU DBU. Who'd they get from us, Jay? Corey Raymond, man. That's a heartbreaker. Yeah, that sucks. I mean – It hurts to see him looking at this website. Yeah, you can only, can only hold him for so long. I, I don't think Florida's going to be able to hold him on staff either. I they think gave him the assistant head coach job. I'm sure his, <sighs> I'm sure his money went up. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to uh, take a defensive coordinator job somewhere. Somewhere. He waited, dude. He gave us great years. Yeah. A many, a many, a many of NFL talent. Oh, yeah. He got them to go there to LSU – he developed them. These are the same guys who are stars in the NFL as well. Uh, just to name some names, Jay, give me, give me, give me some All Americans during this time at LSU. <laughs> you got um, Eric Reed, Eric Reed, Jamal Adams, Davius White, Derek Stingley Jr., Christian Fulton, Dante Jackson, Jalen Collins, Grant Delpit, Jalen Mills, Gr- Greedy Williams. I mean, the list goes. Theral Simon, Kerry Vincent. The list goes on and on, and Rashard Robinson, who was played like what a year and a half. If you're a real LSU fan, you know he did some great things for us yeah. in that year and a half. Oh yeah, Rashard Robinson was like one of the only ones that could shut down Mike Williams in the SEC. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, he he put up 200 something yards against Alabama two years in a row. He and, got demolished by Rashad. And he couldn't do nothing against Rashad. The real ones remember Rashad. Mm-hmm. So, Coach Raymond, you're not ever going to hear this. But as LSU fans, thank you. It hurt to lose you. God, I did. Did you say Tyron Matthew? Yeah, Tyron Matthew. Jacoby Stevens, Gary Vince. Eric Jesus. Reed. Jesus. Jalen Collins. <laughs> All these dudes. I mean, Jamal Adams, Honey Badger, and uh, Eric Reed, Greedy Williams. They they stick out yep. big time to me. I mean, I understand that Stingley was 
good, but he only played a year. Tredavious sticks out to me, by the Tredavious way. Tredavious White, I forget about this. Yeah. Madden has him this hot second rank. Man, Madden has you, him second ranked second ranked quarterback on Madden. You ask me, cornerback. Who's the best cornerbacks to ever come out of LSU that I've been watching since two thousand thirty two thousand six? Okay, Re- re- uh, religiously. Okay, it would definitely be. It would be hard to to not put Patrick Peterson. Pp. Mm-hmm. Patrick Peterson, Davis White, Morris Claiborne. Yeah. So you you don't you didn't you you didn't really consider Matthew a cornerback. No, no, no. He was more of a nickel back. He was a nickel. Uh, just uh, ball hawk. Yeah, he was just. We sent him. We rushed yeah. him a bunch. He, he did. He was just a pretty much. In, a, in my mind, I consider him like a, a cornerback at LSU. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, he, he was never the shutdown. No, no, no. He, he couldn't. He couldn't cover that great in college. That's why he just they let him freelance, do whatever he wants. Like great move. Kind of like kind of like Delpit did a sophomore year. Yep. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So they took Corey Raymond. That's a tough lick. Uh, Jay gave you the stats on Napier. Overall thoughts for Napier in the future. We hate Florida. This is anti-Florida podcast. Daddy, how do you see uh, – how did, how do you rate the hire? Give me a one through ten. How did Florida do, Florida do on the hire of Billy Napier? I'd say a seven. Young guy. Proven Energetic. Winner. Now, here's the thing, Rob okay. and Jay. Can he win at the big stage? That's yet to be seen. Yet to be he seen. Can, he he can he can win in the Sun Belt. It's proven. Yeah. And can he recru- out recruit other guys? That state of Florida is heavy recruit. Correct. Heavy recruited. A lot of good rec- heavy recruits and heavy yeah. recruited yeah. by everyone. Yeah. Everybody dips into Florida. Everybody. You got Gus Malzahn's at UCF. Miami is on the upswing with NIL. Uh, you got Florida State. You got Florida. That's not counting. I mean, everyone in the country is going like to Florida. Two, two of the. Better players ever played LSU or all both from Florida, Dwayne Bowe and Patrick Peterson. Oh, I thought you were going to say Tolliver. Who? No, Kevin uh, Tolliver? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Tolliver. He was he, one of the highest rated one, recruits. He yeah. was a five-star kid, IMG if I'm not mistaken. Academy, yeah. Yep. But no, I, and that's what Chaz just touched on that. Uh, that was Napier. a joke, by the way, if y'all didn't catch my joke. <laughs> uh, Billy Napier, you know, can he win at the bigger stage? That's the big question. Uh, you take guys that have won. It's at smaller schools that go to premier programs. You know, you take like Charlie – Strong, who was really good at USF, went to Texas, couldn't win. Worst winning uh, percentage in Texas history. Take your boy, Tom Herman. Love Re- Tom. Really good at Houston, right? Yep. Went to Texas, couldn't win. Now, is it a Texas thing or is it a small school thing? I don't know. But saying that, Mullen, we said earlier, was a really good coach at Mississippi State. I thought went to, went to Florida, couldn't get it done. So now Napier coming from a smaller school. Can he get it done? That's the biggest question that I have. And that was one of the knocks that I had of him coming to LSU is can he run a big-time program like LSU? And Woodward was never going to hire someone who wasn't – who didn't do yeah. it at the absolute highest level. Yeah, because he's – Woodward is ten times smarter than me, so I'm glad he hired Ron Kelly. Yeah, we were just ignorant fans who was wondering who was going to be our coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that's, we're going to go straight into the series of Florida versus LSU, and this is my favorite part is going through the years – Jay, how far are we going to go back for this? I mean, if you take the the record, you know, all-time record, LSU, uh, Florida actually leads 33-32. Which, is, by the way, is kind of crazy, right? I mean, that's crazy. very close. Yeah, it's close, man. So, it tells you how big of a rival they've been. So, but since 2010, LSU is 9-3. and three. Yikes. They won three out of the last four. You know, they just won three in a row. So, LSU's been pretty dominant. Let me give you that quick stat, and then Jay's going to break down the years. LSU against Florida has won three out of the last three. 
has won four out of the last five, seven out of the last ten, and nine out of the last twelve. This is a rivalry, but guess what? Nine out of the last twelve, that's a tough fucking look for Florida. Yeah, that's a tough look. We we know how they feel on the other side of that, too. <laughs> I have been on the other side. We're not even nine and three against no. <laughs> We're not even that against Bama. I know. I understand, Florida. You're our little brother. Hey, I, I hey. get it. BK's about to change that narrative. B- hashtag BT- BK takeover. Well, he's got to because Saban can't last that much longer, right? That son of bitch is about to die. I think he's 73. <laughs> he looks young, too. He still looks yeah, good for 73. Screw him. But So, in 2010, we'll, we'll go back to 2010, I guess. Okay. 2010, LSU – Won 33-29. If you remember that game, that's the game that uh, they was fourth and three from the 34-yard line. LSU was down uh, 26-29 with 35 seconds to go in the game. They threw a fake, a fake field goal, threw it over. The holder threw it over his head, and Josh Jasper caught on a bounce yeah, and ran for a first down. And it was so controversial that it took like 15 10 minutes. minutes. Yeah, a long time. And my, do you agree or disagree? Whatever you want, I don't care. Well, I thought it was completely on the line lateral. I did too. It wasn't backwards. Yeah, it they, wasn't forwards. They ruled it backwards, so they ruled it up. We watched there. the replay. Yeah. Quick shout out. I watched that game at Chad Beebe's dorm when he was still at McNeese with Ryan Guidry, uh, uh, Woody, friend of the uh, program. Shout out Woody. Love you. He listens to every episode. Scott Woodworth? No. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah. No, it's his nephew. <laughs> Woody and BB. We, me and BB. That was 2010. That's how long me and BB go back. But we watched that game together. So, so yeah. So, anyway. After they get the first down, they march down the field. And Jared Lee, they get like, I think it's a second and goal. They throw a fade route to Tolliver in the end zone, and he misses it. They go back to the same exact play, which you probably wouldn't expect. Same play. <laughs> same play. <laughs> same exact play. Not even different yeah. formation or nothing. Same exact play. Touchdown in the end zone with six seconds left. And Lee ended up, he was he coming. He didn't start that game, by the way. He come in and he was nine for eleven with 124 yards. I did not remember that. Two touchdowns. I do remember. One would say I'm just a, an idiot from Starks. One would say that that started the heart attack of Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was yeah, coaching that game yeah. in Florida, by the way. Oh yeah, that was his last year so, at Florida. So then the next year, 2011, that they must talk about there. Mm. LSU mm. steamrolled him. Brad Wing, 41 to 11. How do you not remember the Brad yeah. Wing? Uh, Brad Wing fake punt. He ran it. They did it. Over twice. You know, the first time they called a false start or something, and the, the whole left side of the field was wide open. I remember watching the game with my dad. My dad said, man, why don't you just run it? There's nobody there. I said, well, I was just joking. I said, Ham- Hammer said that? Oh, yeah. I oh. said, I was like, well, maybe they'll do it next time. Just joking. Like, no yeah. way. Yeah. I swear, the next play they hiked it. He ran right up, right to the left. <laughs> touchdown. He got called back. Called back. Spencer Ware ran it in for a touchdown a couple and, plays later. If you do remember that game, Archie Manning was in the booth, like there at the game. I don't remember. And that. he said, oh, "No, no, it was halftime or something." And he said, "He said they shouldn't have penalized the uh, the punter. He's not even an offensive meeting. He don't know what the penalties are." Oh, I love <laughs> yeah. it. I did. I so, don't remember that. I do remember yeah, my boy Spencer Ware running it in. We yeah, I say Spencer Ware. He had twenty four carries for about one hundred and ten yards, two touchdowns. He had a good game. Dog. Yeah, he was. In twenty twelve, LSU lost this game. And if you remember this game, this was uh, Stadawa was the uh, offensive coordinator. Greg. Yeah, and it was Mets' first year as a starter, as a junior, and they they lost fourteen to six. It, Bad. Uh, I remember the kid that ended up transferring to Louisiana Tech was the quarterback Driscoll. Yeah, Jeff Driscoll. Okay. He was there, and they tore him up, man. Yeah. Mingo Montgomery, Benny Logan. I remember us Kevin losing a Miller. sloppy game. I think yeah, it was a day it, game, by the way. Yeah, it was a day game, and LSU had two hundred yards of total offense that game. I mean, it was. Can't bad. believe all this shit stored and, in my mind. And uh, Kevin Minner had twenty tackles. Three and a half tackles for loss, 
two sacks going into the fourth quarter, and he got hurt. Was that the men or his crazy year, like over yeah, way over 100 yeah, times? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then, so they ended up losing that game. The next year, 2013, they won that one. That was a, that was another game. That Dude, was this a, is the one from I'm telling you from 2010, what you just said to 2021. I can remember something about every single game, and I will yeah. I will prove that. I don't remember anything about in, this game. In 2013, okay, they won. They beat LSU. It was LSU was number 10, Florida's number 17, and uh, LSU beat them 17-16. And what's crazy six. about that? 17-6. I'm sorry, you're right. Uh, 17 to six. What's crazy about that game is that that's the year that LSU had a lot of offense, right? 2013. That was a crazy year. Okay. Well, some stupid reason. Mettenberger only threw it 17 times that game. Jarvis had only four catches. Odell had two catches the whole game. That wasn't the mo of he the whole nine, season. So was, how did that? He was nine for 17 in did the they game. Have some kind of crazy DB class. No, and no, and uh, they ran the ball 39 times that game. That's crazy. Uh, they they went to heel, I, I guess. I guess, man. It's just. It's, that is, dude, I swear to I God, that's, that's, I, I cannot remember that game. I know. That's, and that's unbelievable for me. So, and that was at home. The boys and won, though. That was when they had Hargraves in them, and you kept saying that Jarvis is going to make their five-star look stupid. Oh, uh, I don't yeah. I don't remember that, but Jay's got a better memory than me. So, 2014, the LSU won at Florida, 30-27. to 27, And that's uh, that was Fournette's uh, freshman year, and that was kind of his really coming out for it. I mean, he had a couple good games before that, but this, you know, that Do you game, remember the end of that game? The end of it? Yeah. Oh, Delahousse. Yeah, yeah. That was Delahousse. That wasn't yeah, yeah. Delahousse. Big so, field goal at the end. So look, Fournette, uh, he had 27 carries for 140 yards and two touchdowns that game. And Delahousse, who you just bragged about. My least favorite kicker <laughs> in LSU history, by the way. The Cajun kicker, boy. Oh, kill me. So uh, he missed an extra point. Don't remember that. He missed an extra point, and it would have it would have went up 28 27, but he missed an extra point. So it's 27 27. All right. Um, eight seconds left on the clock. Florida's trying to march down the field. Ricky Jefferson intercepts it, runs it back a little ways, and Delahousse hits a 50-yarder to win the game. Misses an extra no, point. No way he ever kicked another 50-yarder. No way. I don't think he ever kicked Never known for a big leg. No, no, man. The K, everyone was this, sucking him off because he was Cajun. This, I hated this, him. Uh, this rivalry has been wild and wacky, man. It's Especially crazy. with special team plays for Oh, LSU. yeah. So, in 2015, that was a crazy game. That was a uh, – at home, that was it was a number six LSU versus number eight Florida. Florida was six and zero coming to LSU, and if you if you remember, they had a quarterback Will Greer. He ended up transferring to West Virginia because the Tuesday before they played LSU, he got busted for PEDs. Jay, this kid was a Heisman like in the Heisman talk at this time. Yeah, because if you remember, he he split time. Uh, Treon Harris actually started the year, but he split time split reps with a uh, Greer. The first two games, and then he ended up starting the uh, third game, and he did pretty good. But the the three games leading up to LSU was against Tennessee at home. They beat number three Ole Miss, and they went to Mizzou. And in those three games, he was like sixty seven for one hundred and four with sixty four completion, uh, seven hundred sixty two yards, six touchdowns, one interception. So he he was he was he was really he was doing really high, but really high high rated uh, ranked kid. I remember yeah, watching him yeah. on Elite Eleven. Yeah. And uh, so, anyway, he got busted. So, and LSU probably would have lost that game if he would have started. I, I really think they would have. So, what's crazy about that game is that Treon Harris started. He, he didn't do pretty bad. I mean, he, he did uh, 17 for 32, 271 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, which is a pretty good game. But if you remember that, we went to that game, that night game. I sat in daddy's seats. Yeah. And Brandon Harris actually had a really good first half. He was 9 for 11, 140 yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. 
So, which is really good, you know, and, and what's crazy about that, they was up 28 to 14 at halftime, and Miles only let a guy who only missed two passes throw eight times in the second half and try to win with defense. And Florida come back and almost you know, tied it up. And LSU beat them 35 to 28. But that's just crazy. Did, did you go over the, the the fake field goal? Oh, yeah, with uh, – who was it? Trent Domain. Domain, where he bobbled it? He bobbled it. And we were – I'm sitting in the it south was, end zone. I'm sitting in daddy's season was, tickets directly in the middle between yeah. the field goal post and the yeah. south end zone. And what's, what's another crazy thing? It's a night game, you know. So, usually when they have a big night game, me and Rob and a bunch of us go up there and we tailgate and – all of our buddies from uh, West End, Louisiana, was up there. Shout out B. Hagen. Shout out Richard Allen. Trevor. Shout out Trevor West. That <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember that that big some bitch that wanted to fight everybody from. He's from Deritter. I don't remember, man. I can't think I, of his name. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. So what was crazy about that game? You know, we were all. It was Little Richard's birthday, I believe. It was his and BB's and low key my birthday weekend. Really? Rich, okay. BB's birthday is like on the sixteenth or seventeenth. Yeah. Richard's is on like the sixteenth or seventeenth, and mine's the twentieth. It, we were all celebrating like our birthdays. <laughs> so, me and I think me and Danica and Lacey, we left to go. I think we go game day. Lacey was not there that weekend. She was there. No, nope, you and Danica left. The tailgate was rocking. Oh, that's right. We went, yeah, we went to see uh, uh, Danica's guy, some guys she graduated with, uh, Kent Fontenot and Zach LeBlue. We went and seen them, and the tailgate. And we left at like right before lunchtime, or right right around lunchtime. We come back like an hour or two later. It was like. Com- it was crazy. Like I it got one, turned up enough. Yeah, because Rob brought that um, the funnel with the six beers. Everybody tried to do the six beers. Oh, golly, what was that thing called? I don't remember. I can't remember. It was the like name a NASCAR it. gas. It looked can like a NASCAR gas can. Yeah. So anyway, everybody's trying to do it. So we come back. One guy's passed out on the ice chest, throwing up on himself. Little Richard can't pick his head up, and then Trevor's trying to fight some big uh, Florida fan <laughs> walking by. Trevor, ball-headed dude. Trevor, if you're listening to this, he was 400 pounds and he was 6'8", and you was not scared to fight him. Yeah, he called him a melon head. <laughs> he did. He said, I'll knock you out, you big melon head. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, we go to the game, and that was, that was one of probably top five games I've ever been to. That like, great experience. The weather great, was nice. Great atmosphere. It's Man, it's like if the stars align. I can remember we was in it. We was in the stands because that's when we had tickets in the north. East end zone. Why was I sitting in daddy's seats? Yeah, because that was the first year I had season tickets. The next and year. And I didn't. Then I got yeah, it with you the next yeah, year. Yeah, you got okay. it the next year. I was in daddy's so seats. So, me and Danica had season tickets in the northeast end zone. And I can remember her looking at me in the game and saying, Jay, my head hurts because it was so loud. It was so loud, Oh, it was loud. And the, I, it's like when it, the stars align, all your boys are there. It's not 100 degrees outside. Yeah, that was, that was a good game, man. It's a top 10 matchup. I'm pretty sure game day was there. Like it, yeah. all the stars aligned. That's a, that's a real memorable one for me. We won. Trent Domain ran the the fake field goal touchdown <laughs> right into our end zone, looking yeah, at us. That was good. Just a magical moment. Twenty fifteen. Jay, go straight into twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. Man, this one not very memorable one, either. You don't remember that one? Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. remember okay, this one. My listen, bad. So this game was supposed to be played in week six. Hurricane. It's postponed because of Hurricane Matthew. Yeah. So they they played week eleven on November nineteenth. Was the second last week of the season. Uh, right after Alabama. So what was crazy about that game is that Florida canceled the game like, I want to say like 10 days out or something. When a hurricane was coming, it was at least a week before. They canceled it way early. Meanwhile, you watched on ESPN, Notre Dame was playing at NC State, and they was playing right in the middle of the hurricane. It was so sloppy. And uh, so from that game, LSU uh, lost that game 16-10. to 10. And if you remember that, that was crazy. I was there. I went to that game. 
and they had a lot of they had four bad miscues that game. Dante Jackson, he um missed a tackle. LSU went down. They was up seven to three. LSU went down to the goal line, and they went for it on fourth. Well, they tried to kick a field goal on fourth uh, and goal. They mishandled the snap. The kicker had to try to throw it in the end zone, so they turned it over on downs. Okay. The next play, Dante misses a tackle. The kid goes 98 yards for a touchdown. Didn't they throw it on the sideline? Sideline, man. Yep. Okay. And which Dante was a hell of a cover cornerback. Played went first, Just second push round. him out of bounds. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I could push Leonard Fournette out of bounds. Yeah. I mean, so. Maybe, but maybe not. Who knows? Mm. Anyways, I like to think I could. Mm. He ain't never seen this Starks animal before. <laughs> Dante, push him out. Daddy. Who would you head rob at Maplewood Middle? Nose guard. Tied in. Bench. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, so after after Dante gave up the ninety eight yard completion, then it was I think it was ten to ten. Uh Florida Florida marched down the field, kicked another field goal, thirteen to ten. Dante uh Fumbled a kickoff, man. He fumbled the kickoff. Dante, you killed us, dude. Dude, Florida got the we ball. We could have been 10 out of the last 12. Florida got the ball back, and and they kicked another field goal. So, it's up 16 to 10. Then we march all the way down the field. Second and goal. Guys gets tackled right at the goal line, like one or two-yard line. They put in J.D. Moore. They hand him the ball. He gets tackled at the one-yard line. Fourth and goal, hardly no time left. Guys, all he had to do was follow J.D. Moore in the end zone. Yep. And he went the wrong way and he got stopped at the goal line. Florida won that game. I was at Todd McKellar's yeah. house. We cooked ribs and we were watching the game. Yeah. God, it was and a another, tough one, dude. It's a day so, game, so I, dude. I said four miscues. Okay. So, Dante missed the, the tackle. Okay. Dante fumbled on the kickoff. Okay. Fournette got to the five-yard line. Okay. Florida's five-yard line. Fumbled the ball. Florida got recovered the ball. So, that was – Uncharacteristic, like I'm saying, should, should have, yeah, should should be yeah, ten out of the that. last twelve, should be yeah, eight out of the last should, ten. They should have won that one. Florida, you got lucky. Got lucky, but we so, we're gonna we're gonna get to LSU getting lucky in the last couple years. Oh yeah, so okay, that's 2016, Jake. Give me 2017. 2017. Uh, see, 2017, that was the first game since 2006 that I was uninterested to watch LSU play that game. Damn, against Florida. So LSU, we'd already lost to Troy, right? So I was about to get that. So LSU in week three lost to Mississippi State seven to thirty-seven. That was one of the worst games I've ever seen on TV. Okay, then they barely beat Syracuse. We were there. We was there, and we didn't know that Syracuse actually wasn't that bad because they ended up beating upsetting number two Clemson that year. They had a great young quarterback. That yeah, brought yeah. him back in the game yeah. late. Yep. And then they lost to Troy, one of the worst home losses ever. That that so, is uh that's so usually yeah. what's crazy about that is that. You've known me for a long time, and we used to play credit ball and softball. So I, always, I used to only play from April to August. I would yep. never play during football season, yep. ever. Everybody would ask me, or anybody would ask me, no, I'm not playing football season, man. Peyton asked me to play in a Paris tournament, and I said, what the hell? Might as well. I, I don't want to watch the LSU get beat down by Florida. So we went to Cameron and played in a Paris tournament, and Peyton put on the, the game on his phone, and I didn't even play. I, I watched the game on the phone first half. We ended up beating, uh, I think it was – some Cameron team, and we I think it was probably Chance Doxy and Neil Higgins and all them. We mm-hmm. ten run ruled them. Bop. <laughs> anyway, so I told my dad pause it. We hurried up home, and we watched second half at the house. And so LSU ended up winning that game, seventeen to sixteen. Massive win for Coach O. Man, and, and how they won it, you know, it was 
LSU was up 17 to 10. Florida went down and scored with a minute and 48 to go, and they missed the extra point. That's how they they missed the extra point. And then, so Florida gets the ball back. They're marching down the field. They're on about the, I don't know, 30-yard line or so. And was if, if you don't remember that year, Felipe Franks was top five quarterback, supposed to go to LSU. He was in the same class as Devin White. Devin White talked some mad shit on him, man. You remember? He posted, he tweeted that. He trash tweeted can. That, yeah, he tweeted that picture of Trash Can and Felipe, which one's which. And oh, yeah. So I remember watching Felipe play so, on ESPNU in high school. Oh, yeah. yeah. So fourth and three, you know, hardly no time left. He goes to throw the ball up the middle. And uh, Devin White bats the ball down, man. Uh, ball game. So that was that one. That one, 17 to 16. My nugget for that, real quick Brody Smith, friend of the program. We were at your house, me and Chad Beebe and you. We were we were funneling beers. We were no, we were shotgunning beers. We did not have anything to crack them with. Brody pulled out a Craftsman wrench. <laughs> Brody, listen. We'll listen yeah, to I this. I think y'all y'all uh, Snapchatted me all that. Brody, we'll listen to this. BB, we'll listen to this. That was our Craftsman wrench at Brody's house game. <laughs> Huge win. We were not supposed to win. That's kind of a trending topic going here forward. Yeah. All right, that was 2017. 2018 is when they, they, they finally lost one. Joe's first year. Joe's first year. Oh, was upsetting. LSU was number five at number 22, Florida. Okay. LSU lost 19 to 17. We'd already beat Miami. We were there. We had already yeah. beat Auburn. Yeah, man. LSU was uh, rolling. Kickoff, the walk-off kick. And, uh, and Auburn, Auburn. That's at Jordan Air. First big win. Yep. So they lost. Devin Dillon over the uh, – Derek Dillon over the middle. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. So, Burrow, he had a – like a – a bad game that game, man. He he just – it wasn't normal for him. He he was – you know, he was 19 for 34, 190 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. And one of them was a pick six. So, it's just uncharacteristic. Joe Burrow went 25-3 and three as an LSU starting quarterback, and that was one of his three losses. That was one of his three losses, yeah. It was his first so loss, he, he marked that one. He marked that one down on his calendar. His dad said he circled that one, circled Bama, and circled A&M. Love it. So, the next year, Joe Burrow's still there. And they play uh, – Through an interception real quick. In 2018, he threw an interception at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah, sideline. yeah. That's what I'm saying, to okay. seal the game. Yeah, my fault. So, so anyway, 2019, they beat him 42-28. to 28. Burrow, which is circled his calendar, he was 21 for 24, 295, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Is this how a little bit you, of a story time? How can you get better than that? You can't. No. So, what's a, a good thing about that 2019, we don't have to talk about the game that much because they were so much better, but – we said this on previous podcasts, but I got to go over it again. Okay. In 2019, you know, everybody's fired up. LSU was, at the time, number five. It should have been number one, but they was number five. Rob was so fired up. We went to – Top ten matchup. Top ten matchup. Uh, we went to Baton Rouge. A cold front blew in, by the way. So Let the record show it was like 70 degrees. So, Rob, Rob was all fired up. He went to the tailgate at 3.30 in the morning. He sent me a picture. He set up. Sent me a picture. Snapchatted me at four o'clock. Practice first beer at four o'clock. If you don't believe, if you don't believe, screw you. I got receipts of all this. Oh, he does. This is a fact. Yeah. So he, like I said, he opened his first beer, drank his first beer at four o'clock in the morning. So we go there, and Rob's talking to me, and he said, "Man, he's on the phone." Yeah, I'm talking to my bookie, man. He said, "LSU is thirteen and a half point favorite." I don't think they win by thirteen and a half. I said, "Rob, man, they Burroughs." Revenge match. They're going to win by 14 at least. Look, there ain't no way. My logic, it was a top 10 matchup. Top 10. That's, that's, that's not bad. It's not, it's not idiotic. That's fair. I remember. Yeah. So, so he said, I'm, I'm betting. I'm betting. I don't know what it was on Florida to, uh, to 
cover. LSU would not cover the 13 and yeah. a half. Yep. So anyway, so we bet a hundred dollars or so on yep. on, on uh, Florida. So we so about I think about twelve thirty. Rob threw up because he'd been drinking all morning. Absolutely threw up. We go to the stadium. We're we're sitting in the stadium watching the game. You know, it's a great game, night game. It's a lot of people packed. You know, hundred and hundred three thousand people. Joe Burrow's biggest home game. Yeah, one of his biggest home games. They had these four idiot fans in front of us. They they was they was pretty rough, man. And they had these little chairs. They didn't have the the normal stadium seat chair backs. They wasn't flush with the, the, uh, the bench. They weren't at a direct ninety no, degree. Yeah, angle. yeah, just like all the other ones. They brought their own homemade ones from uh, Dollar General. Yeah, so they kept hitting our legs or whatever. And and, and Rob's wife is getting aggravated and aggravated and aggravated. And I just kept looking. I was like, oh, I told Danica, this ain't gonna be good, man. So next thing we know, Lacey starts fighting this girl in the stand. She she pushed her like three. Three uh, rows down, Rob had to grab her. The security come, so Rob got kicked out of the game. So he woke up at four, got drunk at around eight, threw up at twelve, went into the biggest <laughs> Joe Burrow's biggest home game yeah. of his career. Yeah, got kicked out of the game and lost a hundred dollars all in the same day. <laughs> hey, and you know, and I have had some rough days, and that one was so worth it because it was oh, so fun. Man. I can vividly remember walking out of the stadium with Lacey looking up at me and saying. Robert, I'm like Lacey doesn't take ownership of anything. She was like, "I'm so sorry." I was like, "No, they deserved it. Let's go get some food and watch the game." <laughs> and it happened right before halftime, by yeah. the way. Oh yeah. So we had enough time. We went and got canes. Went to the hotel. Watched the second half. Burrow, uh, over the top to Jamar to put the game away. Derek Stingley, big interception. It was oh, awesome. Yeah. Like that was a rough day. Lost a hundred dollar bill. Had a great time tailgating though. I got all kind of cool pictures and good videos. Yeah, that was a, that was a good one. Man. I do I do not regret that. That girl needed punching. Thank you, Lacey. <laughs> hey, Thank and you, then you had to sit in my seats for the rest of the year. I did have to swap yeah. out my seats because it would have been some drama with our those people in front of us had season tickets. By the way, and we we were kind of cool with them earlier in the season. Yeah, they was cool, but for some reason that I game. think they got they were like us. They got a little too drunk, and it is what it is. Lacey, you, and look, pro tip. If you're in a stadium, you cannot fight the person above you. <laughs> yeah. If they got higher ground on you, they're going to get you. Yeah, I think Obi-Wan told Anakin that, right? I have the high ground. She should have learned. Never – don't know what that means. <laughs> uh, Star Wars reference? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, that's uh, 2019, the year that we will go down in the, the rest of history, and we love it. Yeah. Jay, get to these – these last one, these last two years, oh, man, where we were, we, we already talked about twenty twenty one. So you already said that. Yep. So we'll just go to twenty twenty. Okay. And twenty twenty was one. What of, a famous LSU game was one of the wild and wackiest uh, LSU games I can remember. LSU played at Florida. It was in the fog, by the way. I mean, super foggy. It was so foggy that they only had to have one angle. It was like almost watching like a video game, whereas behind the huddle the whole time it was weird watching it like that. So Florida was eight and one in a ten game. SEC, all SEC scheduled because of COVID. So they they was they already guaranteed a slot in the uh, SEC championship game. So they what they didn't give two thoughts about LSU. I can guarantee you that they they gave so little thought to LSU that they held out their best tight end. That's probably that I can remember coming out of Florida in a long time. Kyle, Kyle Pitts. Pitts, Jesus, they held him out that game. Then he get drafted like fourth overall out. by the Falcons. Yeah, they held him out. He was really good. They held him out because also they didn't think LSU was going to beat him. And because Stingley was kind of hurt, so then they wasn't worried about LSU at all. Daddy, going into this game, did you think LSU had any shot, any prayer? This is COVID year, twenty twenty. LSU. LSU hmm. was three and five at the time. No, I hadn't. 
I did not think they had a chance in hell. Florida's number six, non-ranked LSU. What, what's your boy from ESPN? This is when he went hard on us. And, and oh, Joey Galloway. Joey Galloway. That's yeah, when LSU he went was hard three on us. and five, by the way, at this point, and Florida was eight and one, number six in the country with Kyle Trask having a really good year. It was Heisman him. candidate. Was he actually him. was a Heisman finalist. Yeah, they was comparing him to Joe Burrow, like yeah. they, they do with every quarterback every year. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, so. So the score is tied up 34 to 34 with a minute and 52 to go in the in the fourth quarter. LSU has the ball on their own 25-yard line. It's third and 10. And they threw a little swing pass to uh Brandon Cole Taylor. Cole Taylor, big tall, white tight end LSU. <laughs> and that safety Wilson tackled him about about so about seven yards short of the first down. So one of their been, better veteran it been, players. It would have been fourth and seven. That's it. LSU would have had to punt the ball, and they would have got a ball back and probably would have won the game. Yeah, I remember thinking, it's over. I saw I said, it's over. All of a sudden, this idiot gets up and slings LSU's shoe, probably further than Max Johnson could pass it. 30 yards, dude. At least. He at flung least. the motherfucker. At least. All, and I said, I said, whoa, whoa. And all of a sudden, the flags come out. I said, oh, yeah. I could, dude, I said, <laughs> we're back. I know. I know it was unreal. It was and unreal. They, just kept, they kept marching down the field, and then – with hardly no time left on the clock. I think it was probably about 30 seconds left. Maybe the best kicker in LSU history. Cade York kicked a 57-yard field goal into the fog. Could not see the ball. And, and then, Could barely see the field goal. It's not over yet. Florida gets the ball back. They marched down the field. Easy, man. Five or six seconds left on the clock. They, they go for a 50-yarder. Wide left. Missed it. And by the way, I I will go ahead and uh, – and I've stated this before. I am – the number one Bengals fan of Southwest Louisiana. That is my title. <laughs> hey, that kicker, that kicker, Evan McPherson, yeah. he won multiple games in the playoffs for the Cincinnati Bengals, and he was a unanimous All-American kicker at Florida. But you know what? Thank you. You're my Bengals kicker. But when it when it counted, you couldn't make one in the fog, baby. Yeah, that was that was tough, man. That um, dude, that was a All-American kicker. I mean, yeah, I didn't he, know fucking fake All-American set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, it was crazy. Like he was, he was good. It was uncharacteristic for him to miss that, you know. Correct. Well, I mean, it was in the fog. It was pressure. No one was surprised, but yeah. our boy put it through. They didn't. So that's back-to-back years where LSU was not supposed to. Oh yeah, back no, 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 when yeah. we were supposed to. Yeah. When we were not supposed to beat them, and we beat them. So we're your daddy. End of the story. Florida. Uh, Nine out of the last twelve, it ain't really a, uh, it ain't really a rivalry. You're a bitch. <laughs> so, let's get into uh, 2022 Florida. Jay, pull up the 2022 Florida schedule, right there. Yep, and we're gonna go to 2022. They start off Chaz. First game of the year, dude. That might, this may be the game I'm excited about the most because I want to see Napier, and I truly hot take real quick. Utes are gonna the Utah Utes. They're gonna win the Pac-12. That's that's a hot take for me. I agree. Ken Wisenhunt, great great coach, and he's going to beat Billy Napier. Daddy, game. where can people watch this game? The Six o'clock. Prime time. Prime Daddy. time. ESPN, baby. Daddy, that's Saturday night, first big weekend. That's the prime time game on ESPN. And yeah. and Utah's going to go well, I think the, into Florida and beat them. That's the prime time at night. But I think the premier game is uh, Sunday. Is Georgia. Uh, Oregon, right? Georgia, Oregon. Is it? Georgia, Oregon. Ohio State's got a big one, too. Ohio State, uh, Notre Dame. Yeah, that's a big one. This is primetime on ESPN yeah. that night. I love that it's in Gainesville. Uh, I can't wait to watch this game. This is one of the biggest ones. But there's, there's yeah, a yeah, li- no doubt. Next week, we will go over We're going to break down week zero and week one think, games. I wouldn't 
I don't know this. So I'm not. I'm not no expert or nothing. I, I would think Florida would be ranked, but I would assume that Utah would be ranked for sure. Utah is mm-hmm. definitely going to be ranked. Yeah. Utah is going to be ranked top twelve. Probably top, no. Utah should be ranked top ten. By the way, yeah, it was good last year. Man. Great program. You, you know, what, Shit, Utah, they were good in twenty. They yeah, should have. Yeah. We should have played them in the playoff in twenty nineteen. Utah reminded me. They lost like, Oregon in the Pac-12 Utah championship. Me like an old school SEC team. They are. You know, run the ball, big up front. You know, their coach play uh, solid Cunningham, defense, solid defense. Utah's a great program. They're going to win the Pac-12 this year. Screw Lincoln Riley. It would have been a score twenty nineteen though if they'd have played us. Oh, they would have got that Oklahoma treatment. <laughs> I don't know what. No, it wouldn't have been as bad. It, it would have been probably instead of 68 it probably been like fifty six to hot take. 21. We would have won fifty to twenty seven. It would have been, yeah. They, it would have been a lot lower scoring because they played better defense. It, they would have slowed the game down a little bit. Oklahoma had no intention on stopping anybody. <laughs> I like that story better, but Utah's a great yeah. program. Yeah. I, They're going to win the Pac-12. They're going to beat Florida that night. They're going to beat Florida that night. Uh, the Utes will go to Gainesville in primetime and win. Let's go through their schedule real quick, guys. The first four games they got, Daddy, read those four, first four teams. They got uh, Utah, Kentucky, USF, and then uh, Tennessee. So, you got, Jay, they got Utah and Kentucky first two weeks. They both got them at Gainesville. That's and they're both primetime ESPN. Jay, how do you think that's going to go for them? I think that's two L's in a row, man. Daddy? I agree. It's a tough start for Billy Napier. And that's two tough games. I'm going to give my prediction. It's a loss to the Utes, upset Kentucky. Mm. Win USF. They're probably gonna lose to Tennessee. Jay, you got them losing to Tennessee, right? <laughs> yeah, I think they're gonna. They're gonna be um, one and one and three one and three? three. Three and three when they come to LSU. Okay, give me give me those wins. They get a win. You're saying UCF, Eastern Washington, and Missouri. Yeah, and Missouri. Three and three. Three and three. How about this, Rob? They're only gonna win four games all year. Hot take from Daddy. Hot take. Jay, where will LSU be? Whenever it's time for the Florida game, what you you have them undefeated? I mean, undefeated, we've had podcast episodes undefeated. I got them undefeated. Daddy's got them undefeated. We're on that BK train. That's where we're at right now. We're going right into the reason you you turned on this episode. Twenty twenty two, week seven, October the fifteenth at Florida. Jay, break down the twenty twenty two Gators. We've already talked about Dan Mullen. I don't give a shit about Dan Mullen anymore. Give me some. Who who is the Gators returning? Who are they losing? Break down these twenty twenty two Billy Napier's Florida Gators. Well, they're they're losing uh twelve starters, man. Six on offense, six on defense. They're losing their quarterback and uh, John Emory Jones to uh, transfer. So they're losing. They lost three to the NFL, three to transfer, and six to graduation. So, so like I said, they're losing Emory Jones to uh he went to Arizona State. Arizona State to meet old Herm Edwards. Yep. They're losing uh, two offensive linemen, the running back, uh, their whole defensive lineman, defensive end, nose tackle, defensive tackle, one of their better cover corners, and two of their better linebackers. So they're losing six. They're losing a you know pretty good six on defense, six on offense. You know, and and Emory Jones, he led the team in passing and rushing last year. He was uh, 2,700 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 143 carries for, you know, 760 yards, four touchdowns. And uh, Damian Pierce, a running back, he was the second leading rusher. And they lose in their, um, their 
their other running back, who was the third leading rusher. So losing their, all three of their top three rushers, losing. It's a tough look. Yeah, and then they're they're losing their uh, leading receiver, Jacob Copeland. They're losing their best tight end, and they're losing their best linebacker. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they, they're losing a bunch, man. So Billy Napier. Yeah. What? So, Go ahead, Jake. And, and and they lost a lot to the transfer too. I mean, they lost seventeen players to the transfer portal, and they only they only gained seven. And out of those seven, <clears throat> three of them are from ULL. Followed Billy. Okay. And out of out of the three. They projected two of them to start. The running back from ULL, who was the, uh, I think, the second leading rusher at ULL, so second team running back, and then their uh, guard, Osiris Torrance. He's from ULL also. He's a senior uh, right guard. So they're getting back uh, some key players that are returning, or the one you said earlier, AR-15. He'll be coming back. They projected him to be a starter. If you watch, you know, they're hyping him up over the summer. He was at the uh, Manning Passing Academy through, like, I want to say like 65 yards, and it was all over the internet. I don't know if you've seen it or not. <clears throat> They're turning their uh, second leading receiver, their fourth leading receiver, so two wide receivers pretty good. And the ones that are getting back that are big key players are their uh, strong safety and free safety. That was that was the big guys coming back. One's a, Trey Dean's a senior. He was the second uh, leading tackler on the team, 88 tackles, uh, one interception. And then uh, Rashad Torrance was the uh, third leading tackler. And he led the team in interceptions also with three interceptions. So that, that's two big keys they get in back. Jay, I come into this podcast and was like, kind of worried about Florida. And you always soothe, you always soothe my mind. I'm, I'm, I might be changing my pick for later, but we're, we're going to get to that. I have, a, I have a quick take on what they did return is Mr. AR-15. His stats last year, he played eight games. He had six touchdowns, five interceptions. He threw for 529 yards, and he rushed for 400 yards. That is not the craziest stats of all time. No, but he, he's an athlete for sure. The kid can run. The kid true, can pass. True dual threat. A true dual threat. And a hot take right now, this is my AR-15 take. He's got the highest upside of any quarterback in the SEC. Higher than Bryce Young? I take that back. The Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. The upside isn't that high. What about your – boy, what? Who? What about your boy, Ooh. South Carolina? Fuck Spencer Rattler. <laughs> AR-15, his ceiling's through the roof. He, he, does, he got a cannon for an arm. He's fast. Uh, I watched him on some draw, that that, just... that 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 damn Mullen draw last year that he loves to run the quarterback draw yeah. uh, last year. Yeah. His upside is as high as anybody's I've seen. And, you know, he's he, he, he could be a great player. Yeah, he's that probably, doesn't mean he's going to be great. He's got a ceiling that's about as high as Felipe Franks. God, I thought he would be better. Me too. By the way, he's still in the NFL. That's crazy. I don't care. That's a bust. He busted Florida a little bit, I would say. He underachieved yeah. Florida. Kyle Trask came in and overachieved at Florida. No doubt. So, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, my take on AR-15, the second highest ceiling other than Bryce Young. We've already seen Bryce Young's ceiling. God yeah. damn, he won the Heisman. Yeah. So, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of AR-15. Obviously, I'm not a big fan, but I think he can be great. Uh, I've already gave you, I think, the, my take on the Utes are going to win. The, they're going to lose to the Utes week one, and they're going to win the Pac-12. I gave you his stats, AR-15. Let's go to the SEC media days, Jay. SEC media days had LSU finishing fifth in the West, and they had Florida fourth in the East. Mm-hmm. So who do they have being ahead of Florida? I mean, Georgia, they had to have had Kentucky. Who was that third? Tennessee. Tennessee. Had to be Tennessee, right? Everybody's yep. on Tennessee. Yeah, everybody's dick. on Tennessee. So it had to be Tennessee, right? We're right. Yeah. It was uh, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida, South Carolina, 
Mizzou, and Vanderbilt. Jay, I want you to address something that the listeners do not know, and I'm calling you out right now. Also, (laughs) I would never, ever call you out, but this is just something we've talked about when the podcast went over last week. Do you still feel strong LSU beats Tennessee, or is that one you're kind of like, man, I don't know? (sighs) Does it feel like we're going to trip up once before Florida? I want to almost sound like Blake uh, Ruffalo from AYS Sports. Okay. Who 12 and 0. But if I, you know, if I had to put. Between Mississippi State, Auburn, and Tennessee, you think we'll, we would we would trip up if, at you know, home against yeah, Tennessee? Yeah. If, if you play two away games in the middle, you go to Ole Miss after that. We're uh, not going to win them all, people. No, we're not winning them all. But if, if you told me, Jay, where are they realistically? What is LSU going to go next year with first time you know, head coach? Now, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody says, well, you're dumb. They went 11-1. and I say, hell yeah, I want them to go 11-1. I want them to go 12-0. But if you ask me to put a number on it, you know, I held my gun to my head and said, Jay, what is LSU going to go? I, I, I want to say, you know, 10-2, and 9-3. God, we would be fired up with 10-2, and 9-3. Yeah, and the three losses that I would have, even though I picked them to, lose, to beat Tennessee last week, it would have to be – it's either going to be Tennessee, I mean, it's giving away, I guess, future. Tennessee, Alabama, at Arkansas. Okay. At Alabama, at Arkansas. You know, so that that's that's two tough games. That's back-to-back. You know, Alabama home and then at Arkansas. And then you got the one at the end, at A&M, which I just don't see them. I mean, they could lose. They can lose anybody on the schedule, but I just don't see them losing at well, A&M. We'll bring that right into something we always mock in the offseason. But, hey. Look, football season's almost here. I'm getting fired up. ESPN came out with their match predictor, their FBI bullshit, yeah. and they surprisingly got LSU 9-3. and three. They've got LSU losing three games, A&M, Bama, and Arkansas. So if you're listening to our podcast and you've listened to Mississippi State where we said they would win, you listen to Auburn where we said they would win, you listen to Tennessee where we said they would win, hey, the worldwide leader agrees. Don't mean it's right. Don't mean it's real. No, no, it's real. Love it. BK. BK takeover. So, Jay, I ask you about that. But we had them beating Tennessee in the last episode. Yeah, we had them beating Tennessee. But if you go back and look at it, like I said. No one will be surprised. Oh, yeah, Tennessee's, Tennessee. Tennessee's in the middle of two away games. Plus, Tennessee has a bye before LSU. Oh, that, that sucks, man. Hate it. Thank God it's in Tiger Stadium. Yeah. Thank God it's going to be a night game. Yeah. I'm willing that hopefully. into it. talking that into existence. Yeah, hopefully CBS don't pick it up. Is this the last year of CBS contract? No, two more. I think we've got yeah. another year. Yeah, i got another year. Then it's going to be ESPN. Thank I God. Yeah. Screw Vern. I know there's some people who out there who like Vern Lundquist. Yeah, I think Chaz's favorite commentator. Oh, yeah, he's gone now. They got another Gary, guy. Gary and uh, Brad Nessler. Gary and Brad. I like, I like yeah, Nessler's okay. Gary's terrible. Everyone hates <laughs> Gary. Dude, if you go to Tiger Droppings, uh, if you go to the SEC rant, not the Tiger rant, every fan base, T-Bob Aber always says this. He said, Gary must be great because every fan base hates him. I don't, dude, I don't, I don't, I'm not paying attention to Gary's commentary when I'm watching the other games like I am for an LSU game, but he says every fan base hates him, so he must be – Maybe he's better than what I think. I like Nestler. I still don't I like Gary. I do like, I do like uh, well, Fuck Vern Lundquist. Yeah, what about Vern? He's been gone for a while, but I sure as hell don't miss him. Yeah, I don't miss him. Some bitch's head sat right on his shoulders. He had no neck. We seen him in the uh, Denver airport one time. Oh, yeah, we did. Him. Yeah, Vern. Never want to see did him his head look like a pumpkin <laughs> in a <laughs> yeah, window sill? I said, I said, Chaz, look at that short dude over there. That's Vern. No, it ain't. I said, look over there. I'm telling you, that's Vern. And it was him, man. He's Screw Vern. Wish I'd have seen him on the slopes. Yeah. I'd have rolled <laughs> on the slopes, I'd have rolled Coach, that he, was, <laughs> he was drinking hot cocoa in the cabin. I'd have rolled that big sucker. That fat bastard wasn't doing nothing. Would have made him and Daddy race downhill. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gave you my AR fifteen take. Florida's going to finish fourth in the West according to SEC Media Days. Uh, man, Jay, pull up, 
Pull up Florida's schedule real quick. I got one little take from their schedule this year. That's 2022 Florida. If you look at it, man, I say tough start on their schedule, obviously, because they got Utes, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then you see middle of their schedule. Coach, Missouri, LSU, Florida, and A&M. It don't get easier in the middle. Yeah. LSU, Very weak on the back end. LSU, Florida, A&M, back to back to back. So, what I just a little nugget I noticed. Yeah. The ass end is lighter. Good for a first-year head coach. Not good for – we don't give a fuck about Billy Napier at the end of the day. But – And I really – I'm not saying that South Carolina is going to win the East. Okay. But I, I think South Carolina is going to surprise a lot of people. So, you're saying you wouldn't be surprised if Florida finished fifth in the East. Yeah, I, I think South – hopefully Spencer Radler is better than uh, – because he – He's poison cat. I hope he's better than what he was his last year at Oklahoma because he's not gonna be. He beat he beat the hell out of uh, Florida and Kyle Trask. You remember that? Yeah, a lot of guys missed that game. Florida had a lot of guys sit out that game. Fifty-five to twenty. It was bad. I remember watching. I remember I had Oklahoma by the way. I remember winning that. The boy didn't. I didn't win a lot that year, so that was a big win for me. So Jay wouldn't be surprised if Florida goes fifth in the East. I got a little. Uh, I think they'll beat Florida State and Vanderbilt in the year. So I got. We can uh, – I got one more little nugget. It's a little sound bite I took because I'm going to hold the boys' feet to the fire tonight. We've been going through the motions. We've been going through schedules. Hey, it's the middle of off season. We're just get, putting out good content for you at the very end of this episode. After we do our predictions, I'm going to hold the boys' feet to the fire, and I'm going to give you a little nugget at the end just to get you fired up for the season, people. I'm going to hold the boys' feet to the fire and make them – predict who will be the starting quarterback at LSU. I know it's early. <laughs> By the way, it ain't that early. We've played in 40 days, guys. I think we're starting, what, a week in pads? Is that right? First week in August? August 4th. Next week? 40 August. days to kick off. So, at the end, I'm going to go ahead and just put that into existence. We're going to do that. Jay, what you got, something else you want to touch on on this? Mm. All right. We're going straight into the prediction of this game. It's kind of bold to say that LSU is going to be 7-0. 7-0 coming into this. Is that right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, let's, 6. Let's say a slip up at Tennessee. So, they're going to be, you know. Well, we were fired up on the I last know we episode. we were fired up. I'm just saying that they would. You know, they'd be so, six. if we held a gun to your head, you're saying they've they're got one loss coming into this? The LSU fan in me wants to say no. But okay. but realistically, we're not going to. Realistically, I mean, we might be. We might be 6-0, you know. But, but if not, uh. <laughs> Be five and one, which is great. Daddy, you got us beating Florida State. You got us beating Southern. You got us beating Mississippi State. You got us beating New Mexico. You got us beating Auburn. You had us beating Tennessee last week. Daddy, you're saying six and zero coming into this. No doubt, about to be seven and zero, baby. Hell yeah, Daddy, give me a prediction. Score prediction. Give me a score prediction for Week Seven, October the fifteenth. Jay, I got a question for you. So they're losing how many defensive linemen? Losing their three star, they run a three four. So they're losing their three star defensive linemen. They're losing their starting two of their starting four linebackers and their best cover corner. Six starters on defense. Okay, well that's all I needed to hear. So they're losing in the trenches up front on the defensive line is what you're telling me. And I'm telling you, we got John Emery. Full could work for the Tigers hey, because if Noah Kane. You held our foot to the fire. Wouldn't we say our offensive line would be still our weakest point? No. What is it? I don't know. (laughs) Daddy? 
We'll run that. We're gonna we're gonna come out. We're gonna run the damn counter. The counter. We're gonna baby. have three hundred yards of rushing, baby. <laughs> oh. And we're gonna run it right down their throat. Thirty-one fourteen Tigers. Run up the cock. Daddy says Tigers go seven and zero. Oh. You heard it here first. The purple and gold glasses are on. Coach Sant. Look, it's very feasible, by the way. Yeah. It's t- no one would be so. I would not. Be, I'd be like, oh my. But how fired up would we be as LSU oh fans for the future for seven and zero? Jay Santer. Yeah, well, if we seven and zero, I probably won't be able to contain myself. Me neither. I just uh, I'm gonna be beating my chest. Oh my god, I'll be the worst LSU fan ever. That ain't the only thing you're beating. Hey, whoa, easy. I love it. I love it. Uh, Jay, give me a prediction. Man, I, I'm like, I think they lost too much, man. I, and everything I've been reading on Florida is their roster is just not, it's not great right now. So Billy Napier is going to have his work cut out for him recruiting this year, last year. I mean, they finished like what 22 in recruiting class last year. So he's got his work cut out for him, man. He's, he's I just don't think they're going to compete this year with LSU. I really don't. And what's going to be crazy is that that Billy Napier and BK are going to be linked together forever. Forever. If, if what well, since well, until he leaves LSU, until Ryan Kelly leaves LSU when he's seventy, ten year contract can't do nothing. He has to stay ten years. If Billy Napier is the next big thing in college football, it would yeah. be considered a giant miss by Scott Wilbert. Yeah. And he and Wilbert kind of went out and said that like, he wasn't on the radar. It was. Yeah. He, he said the only person he called was Ryan Kelly. It's crazy because we were all thinking we was all I was, Tucker, Luke Fickle. Oh, I thought. Uh, James Franklin. Oh, we were, USC. Dude, we were, USC. Lincoln oh, Riley. Lincoln I Riley. thought Lincoln. I thought Lincoln was coming, man. I really did. I think I heard some crazy thing that Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley have the same agent. By the way, how no. crazy is that? That he yeah, planted the story it. to make more money. Well, anyways, yeah. that's beside the point. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. PK is our. Uh, he's our head coach. Yeah. Like Jay, what a what a what a such a genius thing to say. He will forever be linked. Yeah. If, if but I, I don't think. Their destiny's so, intertwined no matter what. Yeah, so he, he has a lot of ground to catch up with Brian Kelly, even though they both, this is their both in first years. But I just think that, like I said in an earlier podcast, that LSU has gained a lot in the transfer portal. They've lost, and, you know, and LSU is already – this year they they ranked, you know, top ten recruiting class, whereas Florida, they're ranked like – I think the 23, I think, last year they finished uh, – I don't think it was very high either. I want to say it was 17, which wasn't bad. LSU finished number seven. So, you know, they, like I said, Billy Napier's got a lot of he got a lot of ground to catch up. And I don't think it's going to be up this year. This is where I break the, the people's heart. I'm sorry. I got to take the goggles off. I am coming out and saying I apologize, but people, the Tigers aren't going to go 12-0. They're gonna lose somewhere. We have lost games to where we we should have never lost. Florida last to us the last lost to us the last two years. Whenever they were supposed to beat us by fifteen points, yeah. BK away slips up right here. Napier got a chip on his shoulder. They beat us in a dog fight. It's gonna be nasty. It's gonna get ugly. Hey guys, the BK we're not running that twenty nineteen super spread seven wide. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get trenchy. It's gonna get yeah. That's not a thing. I'm just being over dramatic. Seven wide. That seven wide. Yeah. Seven on seven. It's gonna get trenchy. It's gonna get ugly. We losing a grimy one here. I'm sorry. I, I would love to sit here and, and just hype the boys up and say we're gonna go undefeated. We by the way, we will be betting favorites to win this game. Hey yeah. Jay, I need a favor. 
What you got? Can you give me that guitar? Let me hit Rob over the damn head. What the hell are you yeah, thinking, son? If the tiger slip up somewhere, boys. This is a, just a bold prediction. So, so would you rather lose to Florida or Tennessee? Tennessee. Okay. I would rather lose to Tennessee. I'm saying I'd rather in Tiger Stadium, we're going to be undefeated. The fans are going to play a role into that. The boys will be going. Like a, a letdown game against Florida? It's just a letdown game against Florida. I, look, I gotta, guys, I can't pick us to win 12. So Yeah, but you got to pick us to win against Florida. I ain't worried about 12. Oh, I'm not, Florida. Okay, I didn't. LSU slips up right here. We'll revisit this later. You can just tell me how big of an idiot I am. All the people listening and my friends. Look, I've always been an idiot. That is what it is. I got them losing. I got us being 6-1, and one, going next week back to Tiger Stadium to play the fighting Lane Kiffins. Lane train. Oh, piss. And we will have Sean, Daddy Vincent, call in for the Ole Miss uh, game. Sean is a old friend of ours. We've told you stories of us traveling. We've told you about him making fun of the Down Syndrome kid <laughs> at Auburn. Sean has been to Oxford, Mississippi twice. I bet most of y'all listening to this have, hasn't been to Oxford once, let alone twice. We're going to uh, – Sean, we want you to call in for the next episode. We'll get in touch with you. All right, let me give you a little nugget real quick. Before, I told you I'd hold the boys' feet to the fire. Let me give you a quick nugget. This is uh, Coach BK, my coach. This is him talking on Late Kick with Josh Pate, which is a great podcast, by the way. Free plug, no free plug. Here's a little uh, nugget from BK. The question is, by the way, from Josh Pate, what are the ultimate critical factors that will determine your starter at quarterback. Here he is. Taking care of the football. Um, Got to be smart with the ball. You can't turn the ball over in the SEC and expect that you're going to win football games. So, got to be smart with the football. Um, you got to be able to make plays. And we have playmakers on offense. And so, the quarterback has got to be able to get the ball into the hands of playmakers. So, one, take care of the football. Two, get the ball into the playmakers' hands. And three, Keep plays alive. If, if you can do those three things, um, you've got a chance to be the starting quarterback. And I think all of those guys can do that. Um, we'll have to set up preseason camp to see which one of those guys uh, will be the most effective at doing that. So he said three things. Je uh, Daddy, which one of those stood out the most to you? Extending plays. Guys. I know there's a lot of people listening to this right now who are emotionally tied to Miles Brennan. There's also a little nugget that I'm not going to play you of when it's SEC media days and they're asking him about quarterbacks and Coach BK just just so subtly hinted at my guy Garrett Nussmeyer. He's yeah. no, not no, not not my guy. Coach BK said my guy. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't. I'm not saying Nuss deserves to start. I'm an idiot. Miles Brennan has way more experience than him. He has seen way more practice, way more. He's had more snaps and more meaningful games. Is All I'm saying, was that a little hint that someone else other than Miles is going to start? No, I don't think you would. I do. I think you're reading too much into it. Okay. I do. Daddy. The transfer. Hold your feet to the fire. Transfer from Arizona State. Mr. Jaden Daniels, is that Jayden his Jaden Daniels. Now, do I think he's going to start? No. Okay. Miles will get the first start. I kind of, I'm kind of leaning that too. I'm just, I'm just, now, I'm, just like, I'm, I'm telling you what BK said. Now, Miles is going to be smart with the ball. Okay. So that was one of the things that he said. It's one of now, the things can, he said. Can he extend plays with his feet? Not really. Not compared to those other guys. Okay. Miles. 
Yes. I bet you if you line up miles and um, Nussmeyer in a foot race, I bet you it won't be that much difference. Guaranteed. I don't think – if we're talking a foot race, I'm yeah. talking about pocket presence and moving, I think, that extending a play via pocket presence. I, I, look, it might not be that big of a difference. No, it's not. I mean, I just – I don't think that – everybody is, is, is saying that uh, Miles is – is this Mettenberger slow-footed guy, which I don't see, man. I mean, I, do I think he's uh, Michael Vick? No. Do I think he's Johnny Manziel? Do you think no. he's Joe Burrow? No, but I, I don't think he's, you know, I don't think he's that slower than Joe Burrow. Just pocket presence? No, nobody's pocket presence. If Miles yeah. stays healthy all year, he's our starting quarterback all year? Yeah, I, I think that. Okay. I agree. Miles is starting quarterback all year? If he stays healthy. If he stays healthy, they can, unless if they can protect he starts him. making if turnovers. They can, if they can protect him. If you watch the spring, like watch spring game, okay, I know where Garrett played a little bit better than Miles. Well, if you go back and watch it, he did if you go back and watch it, Garrett threw for three touchdowns, yes, but he wasn't very consistent. He watch threw. him extend plays and make good passes but too. They, they had no, there was no, um, there was no scheme, there was no, everything was vanilla. Okay, so he would throw one, he would throw one great play, and the next one he threw it like in a dirty, throw it over her head. He's not very consistent. The one touch, the one touchdown Miles been in through was terrible. That should have been picked off. By your boy that went to LCA and uh, the shithead from uh, Lafayette, wide receiver number eight, Malik Neighbors made a good play on it. I don't think don't yeah. don't don't come here and say Brennan played great. In this no, no, game. I didn't say he played great, but he, he threw a lot. He throws a lot better catchable ball. I think that he's more. I think he's more accurate. He has a better arm than uh, Nuss. And we haven't seen Nuss really do it at the end of the no, day. No, no one's, we're giving no, it to him. No, he hasn't seen no, him do no. it. No, and I mean, and I understand he was a freshman last year. I understand that. I'm not saying that. You know, he was a freshman, so he, he wasn't that good. And I wanted him to start because Max – and I wanted him to start last year because Max wasn't playing terribly, but he just wasn't playing great. So I was like, man, give Nuss a chance. And I really thought that if Nuss would have played an Alabama game, I thought that maybe LSU would have a better chance to win. Well, then he start, the O starts Nuss against Arkansas. And then I was like, dang, I wish Max would start this game. Yeah. Because – I understand he's a freshman and you make mistakes as a freshman, but accuracy is accuracy. And he he's just not that accurate with the ball, man. And I know it gets, takes time and you have to time in with your receivers. But, you know, if you're a receiver, you, you don't drop the ball, right? If you're quarterback, you've been throwing the ball since he's probably four or five years old. Accuracy is accuracy. So, so, so. do you think he did not look as accurate as you want him yeah, to be that's, in that's game? Yeah, that's what – yeah, spring game and that Arkansas game. I don't think that – I wish he would be more accurate. Now, do do I like his his whole demeanor, his swagger, his you know his little you know his his athleticism. I like all that. I do. I'm just saying that that I think that Miles, who is a six year senior, who's six foot five, somebody's just three days older than Dirt. He's he's, he's uh, three days older than uh, Hennon Hooker. Yep. Uh, you know he has a cannon for an arm. He's not. No, he's not. Uh, He's not going to be Joe Burrow, but nobody's going to be Joe Burrow. But I just think he could be really good if you just give him the the chance to stay healthy with a a better offensive line. And you know, BK came in and was like, you know, he was like warning him to stay. Yeah, so that's bad. what I'm saying. That you're not going to just going to sit there and say, "Hey, Nuss is our guy." Media days, and maybe he said that to light a fire under Brennan. Maybe he did. And we've seen him light fires in yeah, press conferences that's what, before. That's what I'm saying. So. I just really think that you're not going to sit here and bring a guy in your office who's transferring to Southern Miss probably and tell him to come back to be in a, a quarterback battle with a redshirt freshman. I just – I don't see it. 
And I think they brought in the guy from Arizona State to add depth in case, you know, Miles does get hurt because he was injury prone. And Is one of these transfer? I don't know. I have no idea. In today's age, you would think so. Um, say Miles gets it. Jaden's got a transfer. He's not going to sit. You think so? I don't know, man. Say Jaden gets it. A lot of people. Miles got no time left, guy. I'm glad we brought that up. Yeah. So, I, say say uh, Miles does get it. And he starts all year and plays good. See, a lot of people think that Miles starts this year and, and plays good, and then Walker comes in and starts next year. And Garrett leaves. And then Garrett leaves, you know? Yep. Hey, so think back. Kelly's days at Notre Dame. Has he ever had a dual-threat quarterback? Deshaun Kaiser. So one. That's the only one I can think of. Right. And did oh, yeah. Yeah, the kid, the guy who beat us. the Ken Book? No, it wasn't. Book beat us. No, there was a Nazir beat us in one of those games. He was a uh, – he was uh, a young black quarterback who was great. They beat us when Leonard Fournette ran all those balls back. His name was Nazir. He was kind of a dual threat guy. So he's had a couple. Yeah. Right. Mostly a pocket passing though, guy though. Exactly. I would say so. So that's why I think he's going to lean towards Miles. But the backup but, but it, will like be the guy said, from Arizona State. Get, get the ball in playmakers' hands, you know, the best. Which LSU is receiver heavy this year, right? Yep. Okay. If they can establish some kind of run game with Emory and, and Noah Kane. And the offensive line, like I said, can play better than last year, a lot better. They can protect him. I think you'll see a pretty – I think Miles is going to do pretty good, man, because I understand that everybody says, oh, he's one and two as a starter. But he didn't play defense. And that was probably one of the worst defensive years. We said that since 2008. And he was like his first – and like I said, Miles is not going to be Joe Burrow. I'll probably never see another Joe Burrow, I don't think, in my lifetime. Joe Burrow's Heisman Trophy winning season, 2019, his first three games, he had 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, and two interceptions. Miles' first three games, which was all SEC opponents, but it wasn't upper echelon SEC opponents, was 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, and three interceptions. So the numbers was close. The only thing difference was is that Burrow was 85% completion, and Miles was, I think, like 62 or 63% completion. But the, another problem was that, you know, they, they were scoring 40 points a game, and they lost two games. So, so and that was like a bad offensive line, correct? Shout out Steve Ensminger. Yeah, yeah, he was running for his life. Especially the yeah. Mississippi State game, he was getting killed. He hurt his – I mean, Miles – I just think Miles has had bad luck. He was top 10 quarterback coming out of high school. You know, he, he broke all of Brett Favre's records. He was six foot four, one seventy five when he got to LSU. Couldn't gain weight. Lost a quarterback battle to uh, Danny Etling because he was a freshman. Then the next year, Danny Etling was a one year starter. He lost quarterback battle to him. Okay, so then next year he's supposed to be the guy. Well, arguably the best quarterback in college football history comes down. Joe Burrow. You know why he came down? Because Miles wasn't that guy. <laughs> why did we have to bring him down? He wasn't that guy. Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. Yet. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't know what he could have been with that 2019 offense. There's a reason why Bill Bush and Ed wanted to bring – they were, was taking Joe Burrow out to eat crawfish at the end because they knew my – Well, I mean – Obviously, wasn't the guy. Or they, wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been begging Joe Burrow to come. Well, when you But this was still three years later. He We're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, a yeah. completely different human being. Yeah, yeah. So, then the next year, Burrow – that was his Heisman year. Yep. So, you're not going to beat him out. Nope. Then. 
Then the next year, he finally gains the weight. He finally looking good. Done everything in his power to yeah. be. The, he looked as good as he possibly could have yeah. been at quarterback. Yeah, and I agree with you, coach. And then he, the offensive line was terrible. The defensive line, defensive as a whole, was terrible. Terrible. And he just, it's hard to win. So you're saying a string of bad luck. Yeah, a string of bad luck, injuries. What a just, great story! If it, what a great story if it's true. By the way, what. The, the Miles Brennan story. Oh, if he comes, he comes back in, and he does he plays does, all the games this plays year, plays all the games and does good. I think he, I think he will, man. As long as he don't make any more walk homes uh, TikToks, he'll be all right. That's right. So yeah, that's terrible. So I was just giving you the BK clip. I'm here to play devil's advocate. I really think he probably will start against Florida State. Uh, I'm not. I'm going to try to keep my Nuss feelings out of this because I like that Nuss. Got that Baker Mayfield swag. I'm going to keep my feelings out of that. I'm, I'm. I will be guilty of that. Of sometimes, I think Jay gave you great pointers. Great stats. What a story. Miles Brennan will go down as so beloved for LSU fans for sticking it out this whole time if he has that great year this year with BK. He'll he'll go down like Matt Flynn, man. Matt Flynn, dude. Waited it out. Waited his time. Waited it out. It's his time to shine. Yep. And I I, I agree with Jay. Don't overlook that COVID year. Love you, Stevens. He's calling the plays. Had a great great start. Bo Pelini. Loved him. Fuck Bo (laughs) All that, right. Daddy called better plays Maplewood Middle. Than That's a fact. They could have ran that the Pickering Veer with Todd McKellar at quarterback, <laughs> and they couldn't stop him. <laughs> Todd could have been the quarterback at Pickering, and we they couldn't have uh, LSU couldn't have stopped oh, him. Goodness. All right, we broke it down. That's LSU versus Florida. We appreciate everybody that listens. This thing's getting bigger. It's getting better. We're only going to keep going. Next week, Jay, who do we got? Ole Miss. Ole Miss, Lane come, Train. Come back next week, Ole Miss. Tune in to Episode 9 this weekend. Daddy, sign us off, Daddy. October 15th, where only Gators, oh, shit, Tigers survive. Jay Center, anything? I agree with Daddy. This is winner's win. Go Tigers. You know that I got it, yeah, you know.